Hello and welcome to Punk Goes Pod. You know what podcast this is. It's the pod that pods Fearless Records Punk Goes series. We don't need really to introduce the show anymore than that, do we? No. At this stage? No. Cool. We do not. I always get that thing of like, should we explain it, but then at the same time... And I'm I'm shrugging my shoulders. The listener can't see me shrugging, <laughs> shrugging my Shrugging, man. <laughs> I think, yeah, we do not promote this enough to have to worry about catching people up. I feel like people are going to know what it is anyway, so... Yeah. What are we, uh, what song are we doing this week? This week we are looking at Dead Man's Party by Oingo Boingo as covered by A Thorn for Every Heart. I'm kind of disappointed that that didn't make you laugh this time. Yeah. Or is the, the effect of it worn off? I think the effect is worn off. I don't know. I think, yeah, I've been thinking the phrase Oingo Boingo a lot this week and so it's just sort of worn out it's welcome for some reason it just sounds really australian yeah well. that's like boingo 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 mate i like to oh, m- sorry no you finish yeah to me when i first heard boingo boingo like years and years ago how, whenever it was that i knew that they were a band that existed i assumed they were the same as like split ends or something like that like yeah. a australia slash new zealand like some existing in one of those two countries kind of thing but they weren't i um i was going to when i interrupted you before i was going to say it more actually sounds like what an american would assume australian slang is (laughs) but i was i was kind of as like listening to the song and listening to um and hearing the band name i i mean it kind of clicked with me after a while i was like oh yeah i know what that is but i was shocked that this wasn't british just shocked this was not a british band yeah to begin with and then it was like then when i remembered who was in the band because we'll get into the details later but when i remembered who was in the band it was like oh no that's a that's a californian that's a californian band Mm -hmm. uh been a bit of an interesting week yeah so insert air horn noise right now because tony hawk's pro skater one and two is getting a remaster Oh, see, I thought it was only the second one for some reason. No, it's one and two. Huh. And I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't do, like, levels from number three as well as right. DLC. Okay. Um, so, big news. I wonder, because we were going to be seeing him mid-April. Yeah. I wonder if he was maybe going to announce it. I suspect it was probably going to align with, like, it would have been some sort of a press opportunity. Yeah. But that's okay, because we will get him on the podcast. Yes, so that's alright. He can tell us everything that we want to know at that point. I um I have written down some details about it. Go for it. So it's being created by... So it's produced by Activision, who, um, who did it, who produced it, I think, all iterations, or like at least the early iterations was produced by Activision, created by Neversoft Studios. Uh, this time around, it's being done by Vicarious Visions, who mm-hmm. did the Crash Bandicoot and Spyro the Dragon remakes. See, that gives me faith. It like, does give me faith as yeah. well. Because they've done, they did this in 2012. They did a HD version of, um, and it was just kind of like a selection of one, two, and some three levels as right. well. Um, it wasn't very good. They also took out split-screen co-op for some stupid re- Not co-op, but split-screen uh, multiplayer for some right. stupid reason. 
Because I remember it coming, like, it was being released, and I was super excited about it. Told my brother about it. He's like, oh, yeah, when you get it, I'll come over and we'll play some. Couldn't. You could play it online, but mm. you couldn't play it together on the couch. That sucks. Um, so, yeah, mo- I think it's all the original lineup from the first two games are going to be in it as well. Which makes me really happy because I get to play as Rodney Mullen. I don't know uh, who that is, but I will, sure. I will show you some Rodney <laughs> Mullen after this, and it, and it will blow your mind. Okay. Um, and the majority of the original soundtracks as well. Most importantly, <laughs> Superman. Excellent. Is going to be in it. It couldn't not, like, yeah, you couldn't have THPS 2 without that song. Yeah. And I say that as someone who literally never played any of the Tony, Tony Hawk franchise when I was a kid. Oh, you'll be able to now. I know. I'm very excited it for it. It looks gorgeous as well. Yeah. And what I love about this is... Haven't they aged up the people? They're, yeah. They're, they look like they do now. That's really which cute. Which is great. And so, like, um, Jack Black on his thing, on his uh, gaming, uh, his YouTube series, um, yep. was there uh, interviewing Tony Hawk. And, and then Tony Hawk interviewed the other skaters on the um on the game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just really cool to see them now. Yeah. Doing the same levels. It's 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 dope. And um and yeah, like he's into Tony Hawk is interviewing all the other skaters and it's like, oh he clearly has all the charm and charisma that most of these people don't. Yeah. Like I mentioned Rodney Mullen. I loved playing as him in the game. He's a bit weird. In real life, okay, it's just a bit strange. I remember hearing like a documentary about him, and he like built a bunker out somewhere because he was afraid of aliens were going to invade or something along those lines. Allegedly, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. but yeah, it's, I think it's just because I'm pretty sure Tony Hawk just had a pretty clean lifestyle. Yeah, and also his son is an adult man that looks like Andrew WK <laughs> Riley Hawk. There's just something about Tony Hawk that's so wholesome. Like, he's just always been a good dude. But, so, this one guy was tweeting out questions to all the skaters. Mm-hmm. And then, um, at the end, one of the other skaters, Chad Musker, is like, he's like, well, I'm going to turn around on you, Tony, and I'm going to ask you a question that has been asked. In the games, it says that you're six foot two, but clearly you're six foot seven. And Tony Hawk's like... What? Tony Hawk's like, no, I'm six foot three. <laughs> What the fuck was that? Like a... the guy was—I don't know if the guy was being a joke, uh, joking, or if he was like, "Man, Tony Hawk is so tall. He must be like six foot seven. Jesus. And he's like, "Yeah, I lied about my height." <laughs> but yeah, I was. Um, there was there's video of like Jack Black and I think his kids playing with Tony Hawk, playing mm-hmm. the game with Tony Hawk, and it had me a little bit worried because they were only playing single player, right? And they were also playing on the tiniest couch in the world. Right. So, like, when Jack Black gets the controller and he's just scrunched up, like, trying <laughs> to play. Um, but, no, apparently there will be. We'll, we will be able to play together. Excellent. So, yeah, that was uh, great news. So that gets rid of my uh, my soundtrack, my playlist that I had uh, well, put together. It doesn't really. But, I mean, because that was when they were saying, like, there's going to be a new Tony Hawk. Mm. Tony Hawk is going to be releasing a new Tony Hawk game. That's true, yeah. Game. Um, it was like, what's the soundtrack going to be? What's the game going to be? And so, like, they're like, oh, no, no, we'll, we'll get, bring back the uh, original soundtrack. Well, I sort so. of just see it as, like, a fantasy football type yeah. um, journey project. I uh, I feel a little bit sorry for... There was also another, I think, like, an independently developed skateboarding game that's coming out. 
And well, that's their fault for thinking they could be better than Tony Hawk. But they were announcing it. They announced it at like the beginning of the year. They right. they were basically like, "Oh, we're doing this game. It's going to be like it's." They weren't saying it was going to be like Tony Hawk, but they were like, "It's going to be like Skate," which was another skateboarding franchise, obviously. But it was a really good like. Basically, if Tony Hawk was an A plus, Skate was a solid A. Like it was okay. a really good skateboard yep. franchise, but. Basically, it's like, this has come out and I can see nobody giving a shit about this other skateboarding game now. It's like, oh. Yeah. And I'll probably be that person that, that only buys Tony Hawk. No. Well, that's <laughs> the risk of introducing anything into a market. Yeah. So I think September is when it comes out. I'll be very excited to report back when I actually get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, awesome. Sick. We also uh, might be making a new lifestyle change. After having watched the documentary Hail Satan. Yes, that was very good. Um, Yeah, I sort of went into it expecting to just cringe the whole way through because I was just like, oh my god. And the very very start of it makes you think like, oh, this is uncomfortable. Yeah. (laughs) This is just sad. But yeah, like, obviously like I already sort of knew it to a point, but I didn't realise that the satanic temple they really do just try and like through non-violent means just most of them most of them just try to yeah make things a bit less shitty yeah like it's nice (laughs) and yeah like there is some drama and yeah like i yeah there are reports that the satanic temple also isn't necessarily all it's cut up to be cut out to be i should say oh there'd be issues like it's a it's a That's organization a... with many different heads like it's, well it's... yeah as soon as you formalize anything like that it's bound to be probo but yeah no i yeah so no we're not actually becoming members of the satanic temple well, speak for yourself but... i've already sent off my application in the mail Oh, you can open up the Church of Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to start the Melbourne chapter up again. I wonder how many... That's a kind of religion where I don't think you could have one one person in a relationship not be one and the other one be one. I feel like both have to be in or neither. Yeah. I must admit, like, I sort of tend to fall on the side of, like, I feel like that would translate to most religious beliefs. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you'd, you'd see, I mean, like, lots of people that are, like, maybe not Christian, getting together with Christians. Our mm. neighbours, um, or mum and dad's neighbours, one is a Jehovah's Witness and one That's is right, an atheist, yeah. and they make, they've made it work for as long as mum and dad have been there. That's so awesome. So, 30 years. Um, I think they just have the understanding that, um, or she has the belief that I'll be in heaven and I'm fine with not spending eternity with him. I think that's the bit that gets me. Like, because, yeah. yeah, like, I dated a Christian in, like, at the end of high school. And, like, yeah, it was just one of those things where it was like, well, it's going to be a real shame when, like, I don't see you again in the afterlife. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, that's that, really bleak. And it's so much easier for the non-believer. Because it's like, well... Yeah. Like, I'm not going to see anyone because I'll yeah, be dead. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, I don't know. It freaks me out when religious folk talk like that. Because, like, I fully get it. And, like, it makes perfect sense within the logic of what they believe. But also, like, even when they aren't meaning it, it just comes across as callous. It's like, oh boy, it's going to be real hard when I 
don't see you come through those pearls. It's just like, what? Like When you don't get your invitation to the dead man's party. I was hoping that we could pivot real quick to the fact that an ice cream truck visited our street today. Oh, do it. An ice cream truck visited our street today. <laughs> but, so it was on another street in our neighbourhood yesterday and you could hear green sleeves playing somewhere and we were like, oh, that sounds like an ice cream truck. Oh, okay. It was, we were watching television today and it was real loud. And getting louder. And getting louder. <laughs> so and we looked out the window like, oh, fuck. We ran to the bedroom window. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just like, ice cream truck. So that was a real treat. So shout out to whoever owned that ice cream truck. Like, why Why would you come through, like, the back streets of Seddon? Well, yeah, anyway. Like, uh, I, I mean, they would have made a, a solid, oh, probably, like, 50 bucks from... Yeah, that's this, this street because they went up a little bit further and more people came out. And... Yeah, that's true. But yeah. no, that was very exciting. Yeah, that's exactly what I needed. Yeah, very good. But yes, Dead Man's Party. Dead Man's Party or Oingo Boingo. I can't. I can't say without putting that inflection on Oingo Boingo. Like, ah, oh, god damn it. Say it again. Oingo Boingo. Like I hit the um, too hard. Oingo. Oingo. Oh, Oingo Boingo. Boingo, boingo. Boingo, boingo. Wango, boingo. <laughs> Wango, boingo. They formed in 1979 from Los Angeles, California, IA. Mm-hmm. Uh, they came from the surrealistic musical theatre troupe Mystic Knights of the Oingo, boingo. What the fuck is that? So, it was a... Yeah, like a, like a musical troupe. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, musical theatre troupe. Uh... Oingo Boingo's lead man, uh, and as they call him in Wikipedia, their leader, Danny Elfman, was in Mystical Knights of Mystic Knights of the Oingo Boingo with his brother. Mm-hmm. I think Richard Elfman was his name. So is this sort of like the musical theatre equivalent of like UCB or something like that? Like I think so. Okay. Or yeah. And then and then it just um, like basically like he was like, hey. I want to take some of the ideas that we had doing this and just do a band. Right. Okay. And it worked for them. They were they were pretty successful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in, the, in their beginnings, they started as a like a ska punk new wave octet. Sick. Which means they had eight members. It does. They're better than Slipknot. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and as, as I mentioned, their leader was the most prominent member, Danny Elfman. If that name sounds familiar to you, it is because... He is more famous as a composer who has worked... Composo. A composo. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my least favourite clown, composo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so basically, Danny Elfman worked on 
everything that Tim Burton has done. Yep. Maybe not everything, but he's worked on a shitload of Tim Burton films. I uh, think, like, the Batmans, the whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, he has also worked with Sam Raimi a lot. Now, Sam Raimi directed the Evil Dead movies. Right. And the Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies. Ah, oh, yep, yep, yep. He's okay. the voice of Jack Skellington, the singing voice of Jack Skellington. Uh-huh. He also wrote the fucking Simpsons theme. Yeah. Composed just, the Simpsons theme. Just a little ditty that you might have heard before. I had completely forgotten about yeah. that. And then... And then in my like just before we were doing this, I was like, I saw the credits, and I was like, "Fucking hell, he wrote the Simpsons theme." Did you only just think of that? Like, it only just tweaked me, like <laughs> just as you were hopping out of the shower. That is delightful. To come to come record. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh wait, I'm seeing it in the Simpsons font." Yeah. Or like theme song by Danny Elfman or whatever. Yeah. It's like fucking hell. That's all I can think of when I hear Danny Elfman. Danny Elfman. Simpsons. I hear, like, the Batman, the, no. the Tim Burton Batman movies. But yeah, um, he's done a shit ton of... Didn't you say oh. he did, like, the Fifty Shades of Grey stuff? <laughs> Amazing. He also did Twilight, I think. Oh, no, that was Carter Burwell, I think. But he did... Scratch Fifty, that. He did Fifty Shades of Grey. I want to hear... I want it to be, like... I want the Fifty Shades, like, soundtrack to be, like... Or score to be, like... I just, I like that he, yeah, he can tap into that, like, horned up side. And he obviously is a, a sexual being. Yeah. <laughs> he obviously pretends to understand what, um, you know, kink, what kink and SM is, but really <laughs> doesn't quite. But no, um, he's obviously a wickedly talented person. Oh. He would be worth so much money. Holy shit. Yeah, what... I, I mean, when I think of... Like, royalties alone. When I think of composers, it's basically him and John Williams. Yeah. Who did... Uh, who and did Carter Burwell. And what? Carter Burwell, I think he is. The one who did Twilight. Maybe. I mean, there are, like, other... Uh, like, the guy who did the Clint Eastwood Western movies. Uh, I think it was, like, Ennio Morricone or something. Like, mm. I think he was, like, a famous composer in Italy or... Spain or wherever, um, but yeah, like it's basically those two would be the the big time composers. Which it kind of surprises me that he had like Oingo Boingo was a successful band, mm. and mm-hmm. to then go off into a career like a sense. Of, I'm not going to say being in a band isn't a sensible career, but being a composer is that sort of like it's almost like if you failed at being in a band but were a good enough musician that you could be a composer. I say that in my two-bedroom apartment <laughs> with with no money. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But, I, you know, I, I, I love listening to, you know, movie scores and video game scores and that sort of thing. So I respect mm. the composer. So... <laughs> <laughs> I love how you're just hedging so that, like, if any composers are listening, they won't get completely, like, ticked off with you. I mean... <laughs> Don't. Like one of my best friends is a composer. Like... <laughs> Compose this. Exactly. Compose yourselves. So, about the song. Yes. Uh, it was the third single from the album Dead Man's Party. For a second, I thought the album was Oingo Boingo as well, but then I remembered that the song isn't called Oingo Boingo. Yeah. Uh, I so I I loved this fact because the the album Dead Man's Party also has a number of songs that feature on 
movies and television, like the song Weird Science featured on Weird Science. Right. Figure. But this fact just tickled me beyond belief. I thought it was incredibly fun. The song No One Lives Forever, mm-hmm. uh, obviously off of Dead Man's Party, featured on both Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 and Casper, A Spirited Beginning. I can see a link between the two. <laughs> Dead people. And it's it's this really... It's almost... it's. It's almost like the most gruesome scene in the movie of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. It's like a... Basically, I'm not going to go through the scene shot by shot, but a guy gets half his head cut off with a chainsaw while the song's playing. Damn. (laughs) Is it sort of meant to be one of those deliberately, like, juxtaposed, like, really boppy sort of music and then the thing playing out is kind of cooked? I might play it a little bit here. I'm going to show you because it's not like... It's not fun, but it's kind of fun. And right. it's kind of dark at the same time. Like it's, it definitely has like a sort of sinister on it undertone gotcha. to it. Uh, it's it's really cool. Uh, so I like to imagine that this guy had half his head cut off, and then he, you know, fifteen or so years later, became Casper the spirited ghost, <laughs> the friendly ghost. Can you imagine, like, if Casper just had like a head that was just cleaved in half, like not gory, but just half a head? Like, show us some wounds. Like, how did he die, did Casper? They... Yeah. I've... Did they ever cover that? Hang on, I'm going to Google this because I'm suddenly very. I also wonder if that theory from The Simpsons where. Uh, Richie Rich is just Casper is a valid one as well. Yeah. So, I don't know. Okay. According to the film, Casper was a 12-year-old boy boy living in Whipstaff Manor with his inventor father, J.T. McFadden, until he died from pneumonia after playing out in the cold until it was past nightfall. That's a bit dramatic. That was definitely just a way to, like, teach kids to come inside for dinner. It's not a really good way to do it, though, because Casper was fun. Yeah, but, like, I don't know. That's, like, he didn't, like, die of, like, I don't know, something really sinister or, like, a terminal ill. Like, he was out playing out late, the sun went down, and then he got pneumonia and died. Like, what the fuck? Mm. Anyway. Yeah. That is definitely, like, a one of those teachable moments in kids' shows. Yeah, like, how, like, <laughs> how basically, like, all lessons are behind, like, a fucked up story. But that's not even fun. Like, I just love, like, it's so benign that it's, like, I'm sure it's just a... And make sure you go inside, kids. You don't want to die. But, like, (laughs) I'm pretty sure in the office when Dwight tells the story to the kids at the bring your kid to... Bring your daughter to work day, the story of, like, the the person who comes comes along and cuts kids' thumbs who suck on them. I'm pretty sure that's an actual story. Yeah. But... Anyway. Alas... So back to the song. Yes. Uh, I, it was one of those ones, like, it was very popular, but, like, looking into it, it didn't seem to chart mm. at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I found that the, the lyric, I hear the chauffeur coming to my, sorry, I hear the chauffeur coming to my door, says there's room for maybe just one more, is a reference to the short story, The Bus Conductor by E.F. Benson. 
Mm-hmm. The story is about a hearse driver. Have you read it before? I have not. I did see it when I looked it up that there's an audio version on YouTube, so I might listen to it. Cool. Um, so cool. What do we think about the song? When I first heard it, I didn't like it. Like, I could see why it was objectively, like, a good song, but I just didn't like it. Um, but yeah, the more I listen to it, it grows on me. I believe your verbiage was, this is a boring song. Yeah, I think it's... And, like, I think in that sense, it's a bit of a slow burner. Like, first listen, I was like, okay, I can see how this is technically really good. Like, there's lots of stuff happening almost beneath the surface. Like, it kind of just sounds like a... Like, but there is some technical stuff happening. But, yeah, for some reason, that wasn't immediately obvious and then the more you listen to it you can appreciate that more and now i enjoy the song oh yeah like if you when you listen to it like you can hear every instrument is used accordingly like used well yeah yeah everything and one of the things i really liked about it was so they've got a keyboardist and a guitarist sick (laughs) and And that like i that's what i kind of like is it sort of it's almost like maximalist in a way, but it's not. Like, it's sort of deceptively simple, but there's a lot going yeah. on to make it sound that simple. Yeah, but like, when I say the guitarist, the guitarist is basically the bassist right. of the band as well. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of, I don't want to say wacky, but it, it kind of, I could definitely see any more, like, if, the, if it got heightened to another level or something, this would just be like, kind of silly levels. Mm. Like, when I hear of, you know, when I think of New Wave, I think of the B-52s. And the B-52s are great, but they're also kind of silly. Oh, they're goofy. They're goofy. And they're just, like, an Oingo Boingo. Like, it's a goofy name, but mm. this song isn't. And, yeah. And I listened to Dead Man's Party, and it's actually, like, the, the album itself is sick. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll, that might be one that sticks around in my, you know, rotation for a little while. Like, it's really good. Um, I'll have to give it a go. Um, yeah, I just uh, I don't know, and I also like the the horror lyrics to it. Like, it's not you know, it's not keeping you up awake at night, but it's I like that it's sort of fun horror, like you know, like a Vincent Price film. It it definitely feels like this was written for you specifically. <laughs> Like, the sort of 80s, like, synthy kind of stuff, plus spooky lyrics. Like, it's just, it's got Sam written on it. But then when you sort of, you kind of look a little bit further into the lyrics as well, like, yes, it's sort of spooky, but it's actually really melancholic as well, because he's he's just, he's died. He got struck by lightning, Mm. walking down the street, and he's dead. And now he's at this, now he's at this party, which is... Well, no, like, the idea of it's either heaven, hell, or purgatory Mm -hmm. is this party. And, like, going through, like, these sorts of, like, old imagery of, you know, like, the the bus conductor and, you know, the silver pennies on the eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it is sorrowful at the same time. And he has that kind of, his voice does portray that, even though, again, it's a little bit... To any to like if he was to heighten it anymore, it would be goofy. But it's it hits it right at that perfect spot for me. Well, it's sort of very like his delivery is very like 
matter of fact almost like mm. he isn't like and I was struck by lightning he's just like yeah. yep I was struck by lightning like, which if, you, if, if that was B-52s it would be yeah it would be that and I, I was struck by lightning yeah, yeah everybody had matching towels everybody had lightning rods <laughs> yeah. yeah it's funny like the more we pick it apart it really is like signature Danny Elfman. Like he has yeah. always been good at like, and like especially that sort of Tim Burton collaboration he's had ongoing. Oh, you can definitely like you can understand. You can I, understand how they gel so well. Yeah, those two. I think it's only because when did he do the Batman? When was Batman? I think that was like eighty nine. So like this was about three years before that. Um, like they continued on until about ninety five. The band, right. But he was starting his composer career by the by maybe this point or at least you know a couple of years off. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I just it's it's sick. I think it's probably my favorite of the '80s songs so far. It is good. Well. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've done too many. We've done a flock of seagulls and Paula Abdul and this. Yeah. I think I don't know. I can't remember if there's anything else, but yeah, it's definitely my favorite out of those so far, and also. Like, you can definitely see, I don't think you'd say that they were the first ska band, but you can definitely see how they would influence a band, Not maybe not so much like Less Than Jake or Lagwagon that sort of go towards more of the punk feel of ska, but a poppier kind of ska band like Real Big Fish or mm. the Mighty Mighty Bostones. Yeah. 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 I, could definitely, I could definitely see them being a big influence on something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, it's dope. I love it. No, it is good. I do want to listen to that album now. It's really good. Yeah. Um, like, Weird Science gets a little bit goofy. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, definitely um, definitely, No One Lives Forever. It's just... It's, it's, yeah, it's cool. Like, I want to see it in more horror films, but like scary horror films. I'm kind of in the mood to watch a horror film. But like, not a... Fr- like... One that's just like, sort of like a House of Wax type. One where you just sort of go like, oh, the whole way through and then forget about it. I mean, I have the original House of Wax. No. With Vincent Price. No. I, I just like that, I I mean, I say, like, I don't really say it out loud, but like, my stance on horror is I love horror, but horror doesn't love me back. It, it really doesn't. Like, I'm the person who it sticks with. Yep. Uh, to a certain degree, and there have been a couple of movies that have just stuck with me too badly, and mm. just made me give giving me that feeling of I need to shower after watching <laughs> this because it's just grimy and just ugh, no. yeah. Um, but I like that this isn't that that this no. isn't. It's it's fun. It's it's Treehouse of Horror kind of fun. You can take it as that sort of, like, monster mash kind of level of, oh, yeah. you know, the monsters are dancing. But if you also, like, if you want to look into it a little bit further, like, it is sad at the same time. Yeah. 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 Very clever. I am. Ha. <sighs> I just, yeah, I don't think I have too much else to say. I, I love it. I, um, yeah, as I said, my favourite of the 80s so far. I think it's a technically sound song and... Yeah, maybe this is going to be a quick episode. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm fine with that. The editing process makes it easier. Mm-hmm. What about a fawn for every heart? Exactly. <laughs> what about it? Um. I mean, I 
I guess we should put in a clip. Yeah, might help. Nowhere to go. Walking with the dead man over my shoulder. I'll just up with nowhere to go. Walking with the dead man over my shoulder. For every heart, hail from Chino Hills in California. Now, is that the same Chino from OC? That's what I was trying to figure out, but I'm not sure. Yeah. But... Because the OC would uh, portray Chino as a very rough neighbourhood. Mm, so. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't, I, I think that that would be really interesting that they would have a Chino and a Chino Hills. But, you know, stranger yeah. things have happened, I guess. Exactly. Uh, so the band was active between 2003 and 2009 and then they had a brief hiatus to 2013 though they are still active today yes by the looks of things they're doing other things but i think they did still have kept going on with atfer as uh wikipedia has abbreviated them to i do love that like just because something is abbreviated to something doesn't mean that it's often like I don't know. I always get this whenever I'm, like, reading up on, like, crap online about, like, Taylor Swift, for instance, and all her song titles. People will just abbreviate them. I'm just like, I truly cannot figure out what that means. Mm. Like, I have to think hard about it. And then I'm like, there are still some where I'm just like, I have no idea which song you're talking about right now. But the fact that they've, like, they actively had put in the Wikipedia page, often abbreviated to, ATFA. And it's like, you could do that for every band. Like, yeah. the Oingo Boingo page could have been... OB. Of, often abbreviated to OB. Yeah. It's just like, you, like, we know that it could be abbreviated to that, but you're wasting space, or you just don't have anything to say about this band, which I kind of don't have anything to say about this band. There it is. <laughs> uh, so, no, like, they're, they're, like, there's some interesting facts about them. Mm. Um, they, look, I think they were sort of like one of those, you know, B tier bands in the in the scene days yeah i definitely remember the name but i never actually fucked with them yeah like yeah you know whatever but yeah so i don't know this was one that we thought we both thought was interesting because i was going to cull it and you said no i'll leave it in uh so the second full-length album it's hard to move on was leaked online in 2007 but was never officially released Mm. it's kind of like and i've written it here in bold there was a game called Thrill Kill coming out on the PS1, mm. and it was deemed too violent. Uh, it was a fighting game deemed too violent, and the I think it was being published or was, yeah being published by Virgin Interactive, I think. Right. And they were like the ESRB or whoever was like, yeah, that's going to get an adults only rating, and adults only games don't sell, basically. Oh, okay. So they were just like scrapped the idea, and so they they scrapped the idea, but then someone probably of the development team leaked the game. Oh. So, like, people had 
people could like burn copies of it like we had a burnt copy of it that i was not allowed to play but i knew where dad hit it so i would play it when mum and dad weren't at home so was your dad playing it or was aunt dad had it oh my god that's so funny i think he played it like once or twice was no good at it and didn't play it anymore but i knew where he kept it so uh, so what made thrill kill so like it was yeah it was well yeah it was pretty like you look at it now and it's not that i mean it's violent but it's not like anything you haven't seen before well i sort of picture like bloody mortal Kombat, where you can like rip someone's head with the spinal cord included like yeah but you'd never played as a prostitute in mortal Kombat. huh whereas there was a character i don't know if she was on prostitute or if she was a dominatrix there was a character called i mean she's a dominatrix it's a character called balladonna who had uh, like a cattle prod but she was dressed up in like a sexy nurse's outfit, or a dominatrix's outfit, or a maid's outfit. Right. And she could, like, I think her fatality was basically, like, she would stab the person with the prod and electrocute them to the point of bursting. Um, and, of course, this was the PlayStation 1's, it was, like, eight pixels of just body parts. <laughs> there was, like, a, an, a psychologically challenged person who had no arms... Or he was in a straitjacket. Right. Uh, there was a redneck cannibal called Cletus. There was a, a little person on stilts. Like, it was just that sort of stuff. Like, it was... You look at it now and you just sort of think, oh, they're kind of just doing it for shock value. Yeah. I was about to say, it definitely sounds like they did it just to push some buttons. Yeah. They, they had so a, to speak. They had a booth at E3 and they, they got, like, either prostitutes or strippers mm. to come to the booth. Okay. Um, so, yeah. It reminds me of Thrill Kill a little bit. And sorry, Mum and Dad, yes, I did play Thrill Kill when you were not <laughs> in the house. I turned out fine. Yeah. Uh, but a couple of songs, and Wikipedia does not tell us which, but a couple of songs from the album It's Hard to Move On were produced by Mark Hoppus. Mm-hmm. Marcus Hoppus of uh, Blink 182 fame. I love Mark. <laughs> He's such a babe. I I mean, I'd be curious to know which ones they were so that we could see, like, what was the better collaboration, that or um, him collaborating with Simple Plan. Oh, I don't think plan. anything will ever top I'd Do Anything because that's just such a banger of a song. And he's just chilling there on a couch. It's so good. I love him so much. <laughs> he makes me so happy. Just anything that he's ever, like, collabed on is so, so, so good. <laughs> he makes me think of the male version of Alan for some reason as well. He no. just sort of dresses like Alan. No. And I can see them, you know, both having the same kind of hairstyle. Mm-mm. Not Alan. <laughs> no, he's nicer than Alan. Well, he kicked Tom out of the band, so. Hmm. What? Didn't they kick Tom out of the band? I don't know. Didn't they say that on Blink-155? Something like that. Like, ages ago? I don't know. Uh, The last fact. In 2018, the group got together for a reunion show at Emo Night at the Observatory in Santa Ana, California. The night also included DJ sets by Jordan Pudic of Newfound Glory, Alex Vakatsis of Atreyu, and Nate Barkalau of Finch. I want to know what those DJ sets are like. I think it's literally just them playing songs back to back. Like their playlist. 
Yeah. And just kind of standing there. That's all I... You know what? That's all I want, though. I want them yeah. in between songs to be like, yeah, this is why I picked this song, or like, this is a fun fact about this song. I don't, I don't want to hear, like, fucking Atreyu doing Skrillex. Like, no. Nah, no. Nah, that'd be terrible. I am sad that Emo Night doesn't exist over here. I know there's Taking Back Saturday, but it just... Yeah. <sighs> anyway. Yeah. So what do we think about this cover? I like this cover. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It very much makes me think of the Matches. Like, I could definitely picture this having come off a Matches album back in the day. Yeah. Um, but no, they cover it really well. We were... Because we listened to another one of their songs beforehand... To see if he... Because he, he's hitting the inflection, the Danny Elfman inflection mm. in the in yeah, this, yeah. Uh, in Dead Man's Party. And I just wanted to know if that's how he sounded. I didn't think he w- would, but he does not sound like no. that. No. Like he's, he's putting on a voice, and that's fine. Like I'm, But it's really cleverly done. Yeah, like it doesn't take away anything from it. In fact, it's, it's you know, I kind of don't think I would want to hear the sort of... Like, he's got a bit of an emo-ish voice. Yeah. Well, it, he's just... Yeah. Yeah, in, was, well, indicative I mean, of said, the genre. As I said to you, it reminds me of Thursday. Yeah, quite a bit. Uh, I don't need to hear that. It's that sort of wine, but kind of like a loud wine almost. I don't know how to describe it, and I'm not going to try and emulate it. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, like he does it. He does the Danny Elfman voice really well. It's the sort of it's the last chorus where you can hear his voice come through, and again, like it comes through at that point. It's like, oh, this is this really works. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when like the when the half step kicks in or whatever. Yeah. The half beat. I don't, I, don't I don't know drum terms. Even though I played for like five years, but I don't know drum terms. You're fake. <laughs> sure. But no, it's... um. I mean, yeah, they take away... They don't have keyboards. They don't have... Um, they don't have brass instruments. But it still embodies that same kind of like... Spooky... Yeah. Kind of, I don't know. Like, it's sort of more of, like, a... Yeah. You could see it sort of lapsing into, like, a kind of a rockabilly kind of type thing if they were to take it quicker. But, yeah. I don't know. I like it. And rockabilly kind of has... Well, no. I'm thinking of the Creep Show, which has that rockabilly vibe mixed in with horror. I was going to say all rockabilly is like horror, but... I don't know. I feel like that's a very... And I'm probably wrong, but, like, that imagery of, like, a zombie woman with the big... Betty, not Betty Page, yeah. there, but like, you know, the big sort of, the big yeah, fringe. Yeah, like and, a beehive kind of thing. Yeah, like the one that curls up um, with like the bandana and the mm. checkered flags with flames. I think I'm just thinking of Guy Fieri, so <laughs> maybe I'm just hungry. Yeah, I know we only ate a couple of hours ago, but I'm ready to go back to Flavortown, though. <laughs> but that's all right. I would love to... Um, We've got a big episode coming up for episode 50. I'd love to see if we could get Guy Fieri on here. Oh, that would be so it. great. How good would it be? He's amazing. He really is. Like, I'm so impressed with what he's been doing lately. It's basically, so on levels of things that I love, it's the satanic, it's, it's Guy Fieri, then it's the satanic temple, like, and then it's Dead Man's Party. And then Tony Hawk. Oh yeah, it's Tony Hawk. It's, it's Guy Fieri... It's Guy Fieri riding Tony Hawk's skateboard. Like, he's he's koala-bearing Tony <laughs> Hawk while Tony Hawk does the 900. What's the 900? That was the... 
that was the move that Tony Hawk um, made Is it 900 degrees or yeah. something? It's, it's like, it's literally that, but it took him so long to, to get it. Like, mm. it, he's like, in the video where they were talking, where him and Jack Black were talking, and I think Jack Black was like, yeah, in like 1986, I saw someone do a 720 and that was blowing my mind. Mm. I couldn't think of anything more ridiculous than someone doing a 900 and he's like Tony looks like yeah it took me like 15 years after someone did a 720 to do the 900 so a 900 would be two and a half full rotations so like 360 so 720, 360, 720 and it's another and 180 then, yeah yeah you're basically landing backwards as well yeah you oh no because i think he starts off kind of going backwards we'll we'll, we'll watch that as well mm. um that's sick. Yeah, because the way he sort of, like, he doesn't just go straight up and then starts it. Like, he's basically, like, as soon as he leaves, he's, like, then doing the rotation. Because, I mean, you need as much rotation as you can possibly get. And, mm. I, yeah, I think he, like, entered a competition in, like, 98 or 99. Because that was his that was his special move that got the most points out of uh, everyone else in the okay. game was the 900. Yeah. And gotcha. I think he, like, entered a competition, was was, like, maybe not going to win it. And then he's, like... I'm going to try it. And he tried it and then won because it was like, well, nobody can beat that. So, I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. No. He also did the loop, which was cool. He's such a cool guy. Um, So, a thorn for every heart. They yeah. nailed it. Yeah, I'm here for it. This is one of those ones where, I mean, I, I enjoyed Down last week. Um, This is one of those ones where it's like, nah, both, both rounds, they just, they hit it out of the park. Yeah. Definitely. I can't remember the last time we had one of those. Um, Probably the Nelly Furtado one. Yeah, that was good. Mm. Just take a sip of fluid. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is going to be a short one. Ooh, I, short uh, but sweet. Yeah. I feel like we need it. I think so. So, what do we think? Hell yeah, yeah, nah. I think hell yeah for both. I think it's a fucking hell yeah. Cool. I no, I'm, I'm being silly, but this would be in like my top five that we've done so far. I reckon. Yeah, I feel bad for not having more to say, but it's just, it's I, it's so good. I I don't have anything else to say though. Yeah. It's 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 just it's fantastic. I love it, and we, yeah, it's short but sweet. But we have discussed it in some technical detail. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, we can discuss next week's song in a bit more technical detail what song are we looking at next week samuel i believe we are looking at i remember you by skid row Mm -hmm. as covered by the ataris from punk goes metal sick um i was saying it with that inflection because i was waiting for my phone to load ah gotcha (laughs) they've done a few actually the ataris i don't know if they've done too many for punk goes but like they did the cover of um the boys Boys of Summer. summer such a good cover they did another one as well they, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about the Ataris a bit more next week. They were another one that was like, I tried, I really tried, and I just couldn't get mm, into them. Yeah. But we shall see what they come up with next week. Mm-hmm. So until then, look after yourselves. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to wash your hands and treat each other like the Satanic Temple would treat others, which is with the utmost respect. Yes.